Welcome to another episode of the Men Insights Podcast, episode 132. It's a conversation with a very good friend of mine that we've been meaning to get together and talk about this kind of stuff for a little while. Uh, it's my friend Seek. Uh, he shares a little bit of his story and we talk about, you know, different things with like mental health, some movies, comic books, video games, and a whole bunch of other stuff, talking about life in general and uh, all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things. And um, yeah, without further ado, here it is. Hi, so how you been? It's been a little while since we've been able to do something like this. Actually, I think a couple of years, if I can remember. Yeah, I think it has like three-ish. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me back to talk, man. It's it's, and I'm sorry it's taken me so long to be ready because you've been so patient with me. Like saying you've been asking me for over a year. Like, hey, do you want to talk sometime? And just at least at least this year has has been awful. So I I I've been trying to. Uh, I was with everybody kind of distancing myself for a little bit there. So I, I appreciate your patience, man. That's uh, no problem. Uh, are you able to talk about or feel comfortable talking about what's been going on? Yeah, we can talk about some of it. Sure. I'm, I figure we'll just see where the conversation goes, but yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, like, so what's been going on? Cause yeah, like the first time we did anything like this is when I was a guest on your parasite podcast in 2020. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know, I think that was the first time I was a guest on anybody's YouTube channel. Actually, yeah. Really? Yeah. It was. Yeah. First time I was yeah, on anybody's channel like that. Cause then after yours, uh, didn't get to do anything on some, on another channel for like, I think five months after that. And, uh, wow. That's a, that's a shame. You're, you're, you're an awesome guy. I was hoping having you on my show, like someone would see and go, Hey, I got to talk to this guy too. So anyone who's watching this, who has their own YouTube channel, invite Julian on, please. <laughs> Julian's awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did get to meet a few people that you had had on, on there before, like Allie and a couple of other people. Um, huh? and I, and I've, and I know she's kind of been kind of busy with a lot of stuff in her life too, but her and I did become pretty good friends after, you know, I don't know if I would say that she just, you know, learned about me the first time on, on mm -hmm. your show. Um, but yeah, since, you know, this is your first time being on my channel, um, feel free to introduce yourself to my audience. Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, my name is seek and, uh, like hide and go seek and I, I'm just a, a guy really <laughs> I I been working in, I've worked in comic books, TV movies and retail uh, last couple of years. I um and uh, I'm a big fan of what Julian does with like talking about mental health. It's something that is a big part of my life, but I don't often share it on my YouTube channel. I wish I had kind of the courage to do that more um, like Julian does. And, uh, uh, but I look for opportunities like this sometimes to kind of talk about it. So, uh, so we'll probably today get into who I am in a, in a sense. Um, you'll, you'll learn, I guess, about me throughout the, the episode today. But yeah, I'm just really just a guy who works a full-time job and then YouTube's on the side and, and talks about Venom mostly, even though I'm wearing a Green Lantern shirt. But that's because he's my favorite superhero. Yeah, it is a nice shirt. Is that, is that modeled after the, the movie? Because I noticed that's what the pattern looks like. This is a hundred percent from. I bought this the week before the movie came out in two thousand eleven or something, um, and wore it to the premiere of the movie uh, in L.A. So, uh, so this shirt has holes in it. I don't want to like freak out your audience, <laughs> but it doesn't have like armpit covers anymore. Like it's completely shredded. Oh, yeah, I have, I have a few of my lucky shirts. 
Yeah, I have a few shirts that are like that too. One, it's a it's a wrestling T-shirt from a uh, 2004 that I'm surprised is still as mostly intact as it is right now. Uh, but yeah, it has the holes under right. there too. And so whenever I do wear it, I only wear it at home. I don't wear it going out because I don't want anyone to see all of that either. Um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much my thing too. Yeah, if I wear it here. <laughs> all right. All right, so how long have you had the YouTube channel? Because I don't remember if we ever discussed that before. You know, I'm blurry on that because um, I well, I've had the YouTube channel since 2011. I think originally, or maybe 2010. I, I had it originally. Someone wanted me to post videos of my physical therapy um, when I was at, after I had my aneurysm rupture in 2010. I had a friend who was like, you know, you should post some of these videos on YouTube. It would probably be inspirational people seeing you, you know, going through physical therapy, going through speech therapy. And um, at that time, I don't, YouTube wasn't like a, a major thing. I mean, it was up there and people were posting funny videos, but yeah, my, I got to give my friend credit. He had, that idea was probably years ahead of its time. Uh, so I never did it. I was so focused on just getting through physical therapy that, um, you know, we've, I think we recorded some videos, but they never, we never posted them. And so, but I had the channel basically just to watch other people's stuff and, and comment. Um, and so I've had the channel for like a decade or a little over a decade, but I didn't start posting videos, I think until 2014. Um, I was a big, uh, and still am a Transformers fan. And I had gotten back into Transformers around that time. And I was also launching my first Kickstarter, like right after, right before that. So people kept telling me, for, and I was in comics. So they were like, "Hey, from a business standpoint, you should have every avenue—Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, like uh, YouTube—get yourself out there as much as possible for promotional purposes." And then um, eventually, I just fell in love so much with posting on YouTube that I deleted almost everything else except Instagram um, because this kind of takes up my whole life now. I don't even watch TV shows. Like people are like. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Have you seen, you know, Breaking Bad? I'm like, I, I don't know. I watch YouTube. <laughs> I just like watching people like you and, and other people on YouTube. And even though I don't always comment and interact, I, I tend to try to keep up with as many people as possible. Um, yeah, so, I, but my first Venom episode, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no you continue. <laughs> I, I, I tend to answer in, in uh, essays. So, <laughs> like, so I'm so sorry. I'll try to be brief. Um, but I posted my first Seek and Destroy episode like in 2014. And then because of the COPPA thing, I actually deleted a bunch of those videos because they would have labeled me as a kid's channel because it was all toy reviews. Right. So I, I deleted all of them. And then I found out later I didn't have to delete them. So that kind of upset me. Um, I should have paid more attention. Um, but then uh, Venom Vlog is what I'm kind of known for now. And I started my first episode five years ago, almost to the day. Hmm. And that, was, uh, that would have been around the time when they started filming the first movie, right? It, it literally was. It was uh, the first video I made for Venom Vlog was Tom Hardy uploaded a video on YouTube in black and white training with his brilliant uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, team, uh, Reorg, which is a charity he's a part of. And he was with some of the, I think some of those guys, but he had personal trainers training him to get ready for the role. And I know some people go like, well, why did he have to train? He didn't do like martial arts or anything in the movie. And I'm like, yeah, but you also have to be insured and covered by insurance. So you have to be healthy 
and pacifical to do most movies. Um, yeah. Even if you're just running down yeah. the street for one scene in the movie, you have to pass, you know, a physical for that. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's why he did it. Plus he's just normally a, a jujitsu guy. So I think he just did it just for fun also. Uh, so yeah, it was before it was right when they were filming the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I've only actually sat down and watched the first Venom movie one time that I can remember. I have the Blu-ray sitting yeah. in the drawer over there with a bunch <laughs> of other ones that I that I've owned and have not watched yet. I still have not seen Let There yeah. Be Carnage. I'm I don't know why yeah. I've been holding off on it, but I'm I just haven't watched it yet. I and part of the reason why I did want to go see it because I know that there was the post-credit scene that connected to No Way Home, but. I already seen mm -hmm. that leaked on YouTube like um, two weeks before the movie actually came out. So then I like, okay, I, I saw what I wanted to see. I don't necessarily have to see it, but I do plan on eventually seeing it mainly because I was sure. really curious about Woody Harrelson's uh, performance as Cletus and then carnage. Uh, Cause I am a fan mm -hmm. of Woody Harrelson just was curious how, especially with his scene uh, in the first movie with that awful wig that they made him wear. And <laughs> now it's, Curious to see how he would portray the character in a full-length film, even though it was crunched down to about a 90-minute runtime. And I know a lot of people did not like that aspect of it. But yeah, um, and, but yeah, knowing that I only always got already got to see the part that I wanted to see with regards to him showing up in the MCU six one six world of showing mm -hmm. Spider-Man on the TV, and then him having his moment in the mid-credit scene of No Way Home which I am a little disappointed on that aspect of No Way Home, that that's all we got of Tom Hardy in that world. But I do like that it actually plants, plants a seed of the symbiote eventually attaching to somebody down the line if they decide to revisit that. But Because we still have no idea what Feige's plan is for the MCU after, uh, especially after now with uh, the ending of Phase 4 with, with Marvel. And... I that's think what's, what's the next one that's coming out? It, it's it's Ant-Man uh, Quantum Mania. That's the next one's coming out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, and and that's, that's the beginning of Phase 5, I think. Yeah. It's kind of funny because yeah. the first Ant-Man uh, ended Phase 2, and now the third Ant-Man is yeah. kicking off Phase 5, which is just an interesting, <laughs> I guess, I guess parallel for his character with regards to the movies. Um Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you said that you've you've been in comics. Like, how how would how were you involved in comics? Were you like in artwork or in the writing or what was it? Yeah, I started out. I ghost wrote a few things like in my twenties, um, and then although I don't really remember any of that stuff, but this is just how I post aneurysm. I was in the middle of writing a book, um, and unfortunately, the aneurysm wiped out all my memories, so I had no idea. Well, well, I guess we'll get into that later, but um, the I was in the middle of a book, and I, I had to finish a book with no concept of even how to write, <laughs> like uh, after the aneurysm, and it was due. Like, uh, and, and i got to be honest, my publisher was not very empathetic of my situation, my health situation. So I just did the best I could. And it turned out that book really sucked uh, because of it. Um, it's called heaven's echo. And uh, it was supposed to launch like a series of books. And uh, I don't blame them for not continuing. Cause even when I go back and re re look at it and stuff, I go, man, I, if I knew 
if I was able to apply my skills now to that book, or if I didn't have the aneurysm and probably could have finished it, I think I, that book would have been like the start of a career for me. Um, and so because of that, because of that kind of that failure, I, and, and but it, well, it was, I wouldn't consider it a failure. I, in a way too, because like I said, I just had the aneurysm. So it was nice to have some kind of work that paid me, <laughs> you know, uh, but it was enough to get me back to LA, um, which is where I wanted to be back to. Cause I, I was back in like the Georgia, South Carolina area recovering from aneurysm. So when I went back to, uh, to LA, I got a job on a production uh, for a couple of TV shows, uh, just doing like tape labeling and uh, categorize, uh, cataloging uh, tapes and post-production. And uh, during that was coming up with ideas for like Soul Star and, and other things. Um, and that launching Soul Star was my first Kickstarter was about a, a superhero a, a, with a brain aneurysm. And uh, it was a like a I wanted it to be a Superman story, and I even was contacted and and reached out to and and contacted back by Diane Nelson and people at uh, Warner Brothers in DC at the time, Jeff Johns and Ben Dio, and they were all very very nice and very courteous. But they were like, "Hey, we're at this point we're doing something called for the Horn of Africa, uh, called We Can Be Heroes, so we're kind of already doing something, and we can't really use our characters for too much because you know it's a corporation and." Right. So they wouldn't let me use Superman. Um, so I, I talked to Rich Johnston over at Bleeding Cool, and he said, "Why don't you just make up your own character?" And I said, "Oh, that's a good idea." So I turned it into Soul Star, and uh, and we launched from there. So after the success of that, and uh, and meeting other people in LA, and working at Golden Apple Comics, I was able to get a job at Top Cow, you know, editing stuff uh, for like Witchblade and um, the Darkness, like those kind of characters. But I was mainly working on stuff for uh, Matt Hawkins, who was uh, the, the, who wrote, he's a really great writer, really awesome guy. I've been in the industry like 20 something years at that point. Um, and doing stuff for think like with his, he had a book called think tank that, that I loved so much and, uh, just trying to be an asset to that company. And then from there met a guy named Omar who was starting his own company and went and worked for him. So I kind of bounced around comics for, for years. And there's some stuff pre aneurysm that I did in comics. Like I said, ghostwriting and working for people that I don't really remember, but, um, but it looks like that was a big part of my life before the aneurysm. So I tried to make it one after and I kind of just fell into the writing thing. I, and, and now I'm writing a book called the King of Neverland, which is taking a long time um, because I have no visual memory post aneurysm. That was one of the things taken from me uh, before the aneurysm I could draw. Now it's really, really hard for me to draw and it's hard for me to think of something visually. So to write a novel now, just like it was, post aneurysm uh, with heaven's echo i have that part hasn't gotten any better uh, so i have to like constantly google images of what an island looks like and and what trees look like so i'm describing them you know at the best i can for the books um so yeah so i so writing i started out doing right you know ghost writing and some artwork and concept stuff and then got into uh writing again and then got into editing so i would say i i pretty much had my feet in most areas of comics from a behind the scenes standpoint um everything from editing like actual editing where someone gives me a script and i give them notes on it or we talk it out to like um i guess more modern producing editing where i make sure the books are the pages are turned in on time the communication between the team is going and uh, and that stuff goes to the printer on time. 
So I've done all the tedious and, and boring stuff in comics and all the exciting, fun stuff in comics as well. Uh, you know, so it's, it's been a good life for sure. Mm. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say that that's uh, boring and tedious because uh, maybe to an outsider it might be considered boring and tedious, but these are all different you know, pieces of the puzzle that make these, you know, things these, and bring these stories to life that a lot of us love. So, and I don't consider any of those things to be boring and tedious because all of it serves a purpose in creating the art that we all love with regards to comics and movies and TV shows and video games and all that stuff. That's right. Sorry, I lost you for a second. My my dog bumped into the table, <laughs> so so it, it knocked okay. my webcam off. <laughs> but but yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, yeah, I never found it to be tedious and boring. Uh, but I, I sometimes when I explain it to people who are like, "What was it like working in comics?" I see, I tell them, and their eyes kind of go this way. <laughs> so yeah, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, now, like going back to like the whole thing with um like with the with the aneurysm if, if you're comfortable talking about mm-hmm. it like like how long ago was that one that did happen and like like was there like something that like that built up to it or was it just a sudden boom right then and there kind of thing well so i've i've told this story before but it's never from my point of view um mm. all i remember is waking up in the hospital um according to the friends i was with at the time they said that we were at dinner and i had throughout the day I'd been complaining about a headache and they, uh, and that's, which is not uh, unusual. I always complain about headaches, uh, or at least I did at that time. Um, so, uh, so, Oh, sorry, my dog. <laughs> um, so we went, so I guess I was complaining about a headache. We went to dinner and at the dinner, I, I guess I, it hurt so bad that the lights and everything in the restaurant were bothering me. And then I guess I started talking and, no actual words were coming out and the friends i was with were like hey man are you okay are you okay and i guess like they told me i got up to go outside you know i guess for maybe some fresh air or something or to get away from the lights or, or you know the sounds of the restaurant and as i went out the door collapsed on the street uh, outside um and then was rushed to the er and then woke up you know it was i think the time from that to waking up was maybe two weeks um, because they had temporarily put me in a medically induced coma um, for oh, about a week or so, just over a week. So that whole time, I don't, was probably just filled with my friends and family crying um, and being near me. And I know none of that. I mean, I know from post, you know, them telling me, but my memories start from that, from that day I woke up in the hospital. Um, and that was in 2010, uh, like a fall of 2010. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's been fall, maybe it was earlier. Um, yeah. So to that, but this was like summer 2010. Um, and I pretty much was laid out, uh, for months. Um, then going through physical therapy because I couldn't, remember basic some basic motor skills like walking and stuff so it wasn't that i couldn't walk it was just that i had to go through the motions and figure it out again and same with speaking i had to have a speech therapist and work with them um to kind of get 
my voice back uh, or, or to get talking again. It's not that I didn't know words because I wrote pretty well um, in the beginning, like, or not right away, but like that was the first thing I did was I would write on a notepad. Um, but then other things started coming after that. So it just took time. So yeah, I I'm not uncomfortable. I, I've told that story on, you know, other podcasts and stuff. Like it's been 12 years now. So it's not like a, it's not a raw thing anymore where it's like a hard to talk about. Um, it's hard to remember some details. Uh, my memory still jumbled even now. So that would 12 years ago is now, uh, you know, long-term memories, obviously. So things are getting hazier from 2010 to 2000, like 14 ish. Like they're starting to get hazier for me. So yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, that's, that was basically it was just, uh, having to re recovering was probably the, the hardest part, but I would say probably for my family, not knowing if I would wake up was probably the hardest part for them. Um, and once I was back, I think it was more like, Oh, okay. But now, you know, that was, I think the, the relief for them. I, I think my mom, she struggled a lot with it. She, I think she was fully ready to take care of me, um, on some level, like, uh, just like, Hey, you know, stay at home and, you know, we'll feed you or whatever. And, and I'm just like, well, I'm not, I'm not that far gone. Am I like, I remember thinking like, I can do, I can do this. I can do this. And, and then we kind of had a falling out and, um, and that was like, yeah, that was kind of rough for me because she was really besides a couple friends, she was all I had at that point. So, um, but you know, we've, we've since we're fine now. I mean, we, we still, we talk you know, almost every day. So, um, so it's, we've rebuilt that relationship, which is good. Cause you know, even, even if you don't agree, it's hard. Like I, I, my, it sounds like I had a really rough childhood, um, on some level. Like I had a lot of love there too, I'm sure. But, um, with like my dad and stuff and, uh, and some of my mom, like, it sounds like it was a, it could, it was a rough time. Cause as we'll probably talk about later, the thing we discovered about me this year she clearly states that I had a rough childhood at some point, something that something bad happened. So, um, so it's nice to be on good terms with my, my mom, especially, um, because I want to believe, and I know for a fact, I think that she tries her best, you know? And, uh, and I think sometimes we, we fault people for trying their best and not living up to our expectations. And we should try to give them more credit for at least trying their best because there are people out there that don't try their best. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, so when you see the effort, you know, it, I, I think as I've gotten older, I've, I appreciate the effort now, you know? All right. Um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, that you're being able to, to rebuild and repatch that relationship because, you know, family is important and whether it's, you know, had people that have had happy experiences and memories or, you know, not so happy and negative memories, Fam whatever happens with our family always plays a big factor in everything that goes through, we go through in our lives. And uh, for anyone that's watching this, that doesn't know what a brain aneurysm is, it's a oh, sudden yeah. rupture and bleed of the brain that can, unless if you, if you don't take care of it right away, it could be a you know, difference between life and death. Literally. Um, I've never been through it. And you're the only person I know of that has had experienced that. But the part of with the memory loss, I can kind of relate to that because uh, when I was in a car accident a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with a, con uh, I don't know if it was a mild or a severe concussion at the time, mm. but 
I mean, I've always kind of struggled a little bit with my memory off and on, but I've noticed since then my memory is, is, has, hasn't been as strong as it used to be. So I can kind of re- understand that with little things here and there that are just completely gone. Really? Like yeah. when I try to, like, especially when, like now that I'm living in Florida for the last year and a half now with my brother and he's helping me to remember a lot of that, a lot of stuff that from our childhood that he remembers better than I ever could, even probably before having the concussion probably remembers it better than I ever did. So, you know, being able to piece, piece those little memories together. Uh, he's been very helpful with me for that. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, it's, I mean, I don't remember if I did, if I spoke about it a lot in one of the videos that I did in 2020, cause it was, I think it was no, exactly November 2nd, 2020, cause I was on my way to work and, mm-hmm. you know, had the green light, but, and what we let one car pass because, you know, they had the, the right of way and then the car right behind them was coming up and it was right there and just so sudden. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I mean, I've spoken about it with other people before and not, I don't want to say that it's not a memory I want to, you know, that I don't want to talk about, but it's just, yeah. yeah. You know, cause it's still too fresh and a lot of other things that came along afterwards are still a little too fresh for me that I would rather mm-hmm. touch and then on another time when, you know, I feel a little more comfortable about it, but, um, right. And did you want to talk a little bit more about the, like you, I know you mentioned a little, a little while ago about, um, the trauma and like, I guess stuff with stuff with regards to your mental health. Did you want to talk about that now or would you rather say that for, later on in this conversation um well yeah well I'll, i guess i'll just touch on it because it's um there's a lot of the stuff i talk about with my therapist like one thing i consciously made an effort for on my youtube channel in the beginning i you know i was doing toy reviews but i would talk about the aneurysm and i would talk about other things and i would go on other people's podcasts and and that seemed to be a, a draw most people would be like you know like dan Harmon, who's phenomenal creator and writer of shows like community and Rick and Morty um, would be like, Hey, come on my podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your, your situation. And what I've, what I had was I had the situation where people after being on shows like that, that were that big would come to me and be like, Oh my God, you know, that's so inspirational. That's so this. And, and I'll be honest. Sometimes that those comments would bother me. Like it's, it's so humbling and, and kind for people to say things like that. But I mean, my life is just so boring. <laughs> like I, I just am just a person who works a job and wakes up and goes and does things. And, and I had a, a tough experience and I, I luckily overcame it. But I think because there's still like, I've tried to give up a few times, it's like suicide. Um, it's hard for me to ac- accept people's kind words when they they see me in a positive way because i guess still there's a part of me that doesn't see myself in a positive way um and uh and so i i mainly talk about this stuff with you know with my therapist and things um but uh but for the show for this show at least um one of the things that came from the trauma which we actually as a group and and i'll explain what that means in a second because i'm sure people are like what are you talking about you're one person um but the trauma stuff, we've decided recently not to go down that route. Uh, we were given an option in therapy. Um, do you want to find out? Because there's some surface level, like 
it's one thing to kind of know like a like a, a fact like okay the sky is blue you know or or you right. had a bad childhood you know uh, or you know it's like it's one thing to know a fact it's another thing to actually explore it and try to relive it and go through it as you probably know there's you just kind of something that bothers you you kind of want to push it away and you you disassociate from it a little so i yes i know blanket statements of maybe like what occurred to us but i don't want to go through it um and i've made that decision because i feel like at times although life has been good in a lot of instances there have been times where life has really tried to tear me down and I don't want to remember other times life tried to tear me down at this point in my life. I just want to know that I'm good now. I'm in a better place and I'm moving forward. And, uh, and that other stuff doesn't define me. Um, so in this exploring of this stuff with, with my therapist and losing my dog echo last Christmas, um, he died last year on December 27th and he was pretty much my rock. I mean, I, I, you could argue that I've known Echo longer than my own mom uh, because I don't have any memories of my mom before 2010. And there was a couple of years where we weren't talking, uh, but I had Echo that whole time. And uh, I had Echo before I made most of my friends and, and he's been around after some friends and I have lost touch. So he's probably the most important thing in my life. And then he would also, he was also trained uh, to, if I had seizures to turn my head, um, he would crawl under my head and he's a little dog if you ever see pictures of him, <laughs> but he had a really long body and very strong legs. And so we took advantage of that and he was able to turn my head and, and literally save my life um, more than once um, from either choking or, or biting my own tongue or, or something. And so when he passed, um, it was catastrophic to me. Um, and it led me down a, a really, it, it unfortunately whatever levy was holding on in my mind, uh, it finally had pushed over. And what, what we were noticing for the past couple of years though, is that um, before Echo even passed, when I was in California, cause I now live in Florida with you, <laughs> I live down here. Um, what we started noticing was that I was forgetting like whole hours or days and at first it, it didn't seem like a big deal. It's like, oh, I'm getting older. You know, I'm, I turned 40 this year, but even in your 30s, sometimes, you know, that stuff kind of goes, especially after a head injury or trauma, like, you know, we you know, both have had, um, things can slip your mind. So I didn't think anything of it at first. And then it started getting to the point where I for, forgot like a whole couple days or sometimes even a week. Um, and that started getting really alarming. And so, at that time, we I was misdiagnosed. We thought I was developing some form of early onset dementia and that I was just forgetting whole chunks of time. It turned out the, the problem was more intricate than that, I guess, uh, because people would say to me, well, you were here, you know, at work doing things. You weren't, you didn't seem like yourself, but you were here. And I'm like, I don't know. I So I would tell this to my therapist and then after um, this year it was like losing echo. And then like a week later I had a, in January, early January, I had the job promotion, uh, opportunity where I went in for an interview to hopefully get promoted. But obviously I was like an emotional wreck <laughs> and I was trying to hold it together in an interview. And I, I did fairly well. Um, I think in the, towards the end, I got 
we mentioned my dog and I, I got a little upset in the interview, but I thought I still did a good interview. And then, then they told me a week after that, I didn't get the job at a place that I had worked at for a year and a half, almost at that point. And the person who did get the job had been there for like four months or something. And I, and, uh, and I remember just being like, what the heck? And, and feeling really just defeated by it. And, and then I rescued ACE. Um, well, I didn't rescue ACE. We'll, we'll talk about that. But basically what I'm leading to is there was another a suicide attempt. And then from there, more therapy. And what we learned was that um, I have a form of DID, which is called OSDD1A. And I apparently I've had it for a long time. And then talking with family and stuff, we actually learned that I was diagnosed with it um, or a form of it. Uh, back when it was like multiple personality disorder um, when I was around 20 years old. And so what we're learning through therapy is that um, I may not have the memories of the, of pre-aneurysm because I may not actually be that person. Um, the person who wasn't, who was the born in this body. Um, there's a chance I, I'm either them with no memories or I may not be them at all. And I might be something my brain did to get through the aneurysm. Um, because of, because my brain developed like that through something or some things, it looks like it was a series of things that happened when I was a child uh, between like seven and nine. And then something else that happened like a year or two after that. Um, then I was diagnosed, I guess, in my 20s when it would be times where I would bring up a person and I guess my mom or someone would notice like that there's no nobody here. Like, you know, who are you bringing up? Who are you talking about? Um, and, and then there would be times where I guess I was that person bringing up me. And so they got me, you know, into therapy at that age and found out that, um, that there was two people uh, essentially living in my body. And I guess I was like that all through my twenties um, until I had the aneurysm and the aneurysm, what that did to the system, which is what you call it when you have more than one personality, um, which I've just learned that term this year um, or probably knew it back then too. I don't know, but we found out that there is four uh, people living inside me Um and that I'm just the primary and have been, but throughout the last few years, at least one of them has been coming out more and more and more. Um, and that's what we've discovered. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to take in, uh, even for me who my, I don't know what I was like pre aneurysm, but post aneurysm, my only concept of something like multiple personality was something like a fight club movie. Or, um, or like a Sybil, or you know, like a horror movie, even um, like Identity. Uh, so, my l knowledge of it was very limited, and I and probably even skeptical. I probably was like, okay, this is cool for a horror story or something, but there's no way a, a brain could actually do this. And, and turns out it was happening to me, at, at, and this whole time, and I had no idea. Um, so. So yeah, so there's there's me, Seek. Um, there's Blue, uh, who 
actually goes to work. He's the one at work. Um, I felt I, I, because of the stuff that's gone on in my job, it got worse after I didn't get promoted. Um, the drama at work intensified. Um, and my condition didn't help. Um, so I made a conscious effort to not go to work anymore. I said, I don't want, I quit. But Blue ended up going and apologizing, even though it, the thing I feel he apologized for that we were getting blamed for wasn't actually our fault. There was other things that were our fault due to you know being emotional, but some of the things weren't. And he went in and just apologized and said, no, let me just, just put me, put me in the back. You know, I'll fold shirts all day. Like, you know, just give me the most tedious job ever and I'll just do it. And, and, uh, and blues personality has developed over the few, the, like the 10 months. Uh, he claims that he's only been around since echo died. So green is the other one. He claims, hey, he's been around since before our aneurysm and even seems to have knowledge about our life pre-aneurysm. And that was a real mind-blowing thing for me to discover in therapy. Because when we go in there, we, you know, we'll talk and talk and then she'll, you know, our therapist will ask us questions and try to get us to switch and in the cases where we switch, she talks to the others and asks what they know, what about their life, you know, details about their life, what they like to eat. Because we're doing this thing called mapping our system where we're learning about the others, people in our system and, and, and what they, who they are. And, and, you know, so we can understand each other and, and build a communication. So for years, I've had these memory boards, dry erase boards, cork boards. I've had them ever since I thought I had early onset dementia. I just was so determined not to forget things. And like, so I would make lists. Here's what I did today. And I would have these boards and it, it went from like two boards to 10 boards to 14 boards uh, to a whole wall in my apartment of just boards to keep track of things. And it, um, my one friend said it reminded him of Charlie day and that meme where he's got like the, the rope that, that it's, you're trying to explain stuff uh, from that episode where he was like super smart. Um, and so so I was like, it would became like that. It, be, it became like this, uh, like it looked like I was like losing my mind. But in the end, it worked out really well because now I've divided up the boards. So each of us have like two or three boards to write on, on the, on the chance that um, like we can't communicate any other way. So we write down like what we'd like to do for the week, you know, what our goals are. And it's, you have to really see it. Like I, my friend, Nathan, who I, who's been my friend since pre-aneurysm. Um, but I only remember being friends with him for the past 12 years. He has experienced meeting us. And even when I was told it in therapy, I was still skeptical. Like there's no way it's gotta be something else. Like there's, there's, I would know what I'm doing, you know? And, uh, because I, in some ways I'm, I, I can be a control freak in that way. And, and I'm like, there's no way there's, this sounds impossible. And I, there was a big denial about it. But then when I've heard my, uh, the boss, our boss at work, cause some days blue doesn't feel well, he gets bad headaches. Like I used to get, um, I'll go into work for him. Like I did the other day, I went to work for him on Saturday and 
so people there have met all of us and uh and they and they describe us just like our therapist describes the others and it's it took a while for me to wrap my head around it so i don't blame people like when they're skeptical but between family friends and therapists and worker co-workers it's it's clear like there's a there's a distinct difference between most of us um except blue i was mentioning earlier blue was developing his personality he kind of he's 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 like a work personality they called him and a they had another term for it um where he he mimics so he actually watched a bunch of my youtube channels episodes and mimicked my energy if if anyone like even now like i seem very energetic you notice i'm not moving my left arm that much um i have some nerve damage just you know aneurysm usually comes with mild strokes or or intense strokes so for years i've had shoulder and arm problems on my left side and, and in my leg a little um but on my youtube channels i try to animate myself more even if it's discomforting to me um, so Blue bases, based himself in a way off of that energy because he didn't want people to know we were two different people. Um, so he's very animated. He uses our arms like crazy. In fact, he went golfing last night uh, for the Christmas party at his work, and my shoulder is killing me. Uh, so, so, so things like that is like, um, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but he, so he kind of took on a personality that's very like my YouTube personality because in everyday life, I'm not like that. I'm very dour <laughs> and, uh, and I don't smile a ton and I'm kind of, it, it, I'm, I'm more projecting a positive personality on YouTube because that's what I want to be like. And blue has now is that he has taken on that type so um, yeah, I went I probably went in a little bit more detail than you wanted, but um, but but that's that's been my life, and honestly, it's fr it's frustrating. It's it's honestly frustrating because there are times where I'll miss a whole day, or I'll miss two days, or I'll, I'll only have an hour of one day, or something. And we're still working on you know communication between us. So, but it is it you would you would think it's like, Oh man, some of the burdens off my shoulder now with life, because now some of these other personalities in a way can take up the burden, but it doesn't work like that. And it's, it's very frustrating to create a schedule and a routine for a life like this. Um, and it's caused me to be even more afraid of dating and more afraid of, um, you know, being any kind of extrovert. Not that I was ever a very good one before, but, but like blue now wants he wants to have a life like he at first we were all talking about the end goal being to fuse in therapy like you know maybe one day a few years from now or at the end you know maybe never but the goal is maybe to maybe kind of fuse and and reunite but uh blue is has kind of i asked them all i said do you guys want to fuse or do you want your own life and and blue was very honest he said i want to make friends you know, and I'm like, eh, it kind of broke my heart, made me realize that I, um, that maybe I shut people out more than I do. And I'm, I'm like a surface level friend and I distance myself and I don't actually go and hang out with people and, and, and commit to, to that kind of level of friendship. And, and blue wants that. And it, it made me, so in, in a sense means a part of me wants that, you know, so 
I don't know. It's it's been a it's been an a, we don't use the c word. We don't say crazy, but it's been an intense year <laughs> for sure. Um, and it's 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 it was harder than I thought. Uh, I th I thought uh, having answers would make things easier, and uh, it it really hasn't. But um, like anything in life, we're working you know together towards um, things. So. We're, we're getting it down and hopefully 2023 is at least a more organized year for us, for sure. Well, I really, really appreciate you being so open about that because I can't imagine that it's an easy thing to really open up to outside of, you know, speaking in, in therapy. You know? So I appreciate that you, you're very open about it with me. So and and yeah, I mean, it's it is it can be a lot, yeah. And and hopefully, whoever's going to be watching or listening to this, it's you know, yeah, if you're having any potential struggles uh, that might be similar to that, um, do not hesitate to reach out to those who are able to help you, whether it's therapy or even just friends who might be able to offer any comfort. And um, I have the, the link to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in the description for this for anyone that is having those thoughts and they need someone to reach out to because, you know, I mean, I've been there before where I'm where I might be having those thoughts and afraid to reach out to a friend or a family member. That's what, you know, the FSP, they are there to help offer those resor necessary resources to be able to help you. So, you know, the, the help is out there is, you know, just do not hesitate to seek those helps, to seek that help whenever you, you feel like you need it. Um, you know, I, right I now. put that link, I put that link in my channel in every video for five years now. Um, and I, I don't talk about it much, but it's always there. Um, because Venom is a character, you know, I was happy Tom Hardy played that character because as I, I didn't know everything about Venom before I started the Venom vlog. Now I would say I know way too much about Venom. <laughs> I could probably write a coffee table book about Venom. Um, but the the character himself has gone through a suicide attempt. Um, the character himself has gone through depression, um, has gone through life kicking him when he, even harder when he's down. And it, even though it's goofy comic book stuff and there's like the, I'll eat your brains and all that stuff, there's, there's a real heart to Eddie Brock, something very relatable to, I think, anyone. Because he's, they say Spider-Man's kind of the everyman, but I would argue after years of doing the Venom vlog, Venom is more of an everyman than even Peter Parker is um, on a lot of levels. Uh, he he f screws up way, as often as we do as people. Um and I think on just like most people, he just wants to do better. Um, and, uh, and his, but his concept of better sometimes isn't the best, but Hey, that's relatable too sometimes. So uh, wh what I learned about that character is what was that there was a lot to connect to. So it was been great. And we're 750 episodes almost into the show. And it's been amazing. And one thing I, I looked at the show as I was like, you know, I can talk about things like depression and, and suicide and, and put these links in my description box and I can bring the stuff up from time to time. and It'll feel natural uh, for the character because we're talking about venom. Um, 
and that's what made me like the show and why I never went off and did a show just about mental health or just about my own per- like aneurysms. Like I could, you know, people ask me early on, like, dude, do a show about aneurysms and just, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but my identity isn't that like that happened to me just like OSDD one a, uh, which is a, a version of DID. Like even that is not who I am. I feel who I am is a fan of comic books and a, and a writer and, and, uh, uh, someone who tries to do their best, you know, um, no matter what life throws at us. So I try to make the, my channel about that. And then this stuff comes up from time to time. So it doesn't feel unnatural when I bring it up, but I just, you know, and I've tried to go and watch other YouTubers now that have been diagnosed with some form of DID and their whole brand and YouTube channel is, is about that. And I'm like, man, they're, they're much stronger than me uh, to do stuff like that. Cause I don't know if I could put myself out there in that way consistently, it would be um, doing YouTube in general, as you know, this, you know, uh, and we could probably talk on this a little is it's already stressful. <laughs> you know, it's already, we, we, we automatically, whether we're talking about something we're passionate about or just talking about whatever, um, it, we somehow tie it to our self-worth um, in a way, you know, we, we make a video, we work hours on it, maybe days on it or a week on it. And it gets like 10 views and, and you immediately feel defeated and you're like, wow, no, but really nobody likes this. I put so much effort into it, but I've learned to no longer have that mentality. And thank goodness I learned that like about a year ago, um, I started getting more comfortable with, with low views. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's not really why I do this. And I know some people binge, like they go and watch all their favorite YouTubers and then maybe they'll come back here in a month or two and they'll catch up, you know? So I'm like, so just think long-term, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Plus if nothing else, set a personal goal for yourself, which is, you know, I'm hoping to make a thousand episodes of the Venom vlog. And so that's my goal. And luckily the, the movies have been successful enough to make a third one now coming out. So that helps, you know, content wise, that helps. Um, and another putting Venom in more video games. So again, that makes for more content. So, um, so it's, it's nice. It's, it's nice for that reason. But yeah, I guess my point to this was that, you know, YouTube can already be a frustrating thing and a, and a thing that weighs on your mental health. So for me to do a show just about it, I think I would quit. Um, I, I don't think I have the strength to do it. And so that's why like, I commend those channels. I commend people like you who do the content you do on your channel. Like you're 130 something episodes into your podcast now. And it's like, uh, it's impressive. It's, it's a, a strength I, I could never have, man. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I think I'm one that this one would be 131 of my main show because I have all the other little side shows that I do on, like the script to sc- screen that I haven't I done that. that in a couple months. Um, yeah. The video game stuff and the retro films. And yeah, those are, those are all things that, you know, a lot of personal stuff that I was going through last year that I took a break for a few mm. months from the channel and also some stuff in these last few months that I've taken a break from. But, but yeah, it's... It, it is a struggle. Like you work hard on some of these videos and you don't get the views that you think you're going to get, but then you have like the miles Morales re- re- video game review. I did a couple months ago. That's my second most watched video. And I don't know how that happened. Um, a, Cause uh, I think it's a great video. Uh, like right now, yeah, I think all your, all your stuff is great, but uh, that one was a lot of fun and I love that game so much. Oh yeah. I, I love it. So, I mean, I've, 
I've played it twice since I got the PS5 a year ago, and yeah. uh, I, in some ways, I kind of enjoyed it more than the the main Spider-Man game from Insomniac. Um, I think it's more so because of getting to play as Miles Morales. Because I mean, I've always been aware of who he is, but the Into the Spider-Verse was my real introduction to him, and made me fall in love with the character. And getting to play him in this game made me love him even more. And even getting to play him on those small side missions in the first Spider-Man game were a lot of fun, too. So I'm excited to see when the next game comes out next year, how many missions we'll get to play as either one. Or if we'll get, yeah. like, the... Because as of right now, we don't really know anything about the the new Insomniac Spider-Man game other than that we're going to have Kraven the Hunter and Venom as some of the featured characters in that, too. But I'm just curious as to, like, is Peter going to have his own story and miles gonna have his own story as as well or are they gonna be like the main story and then they branch off on their side missions that eventually merge into the main story is what i'm curious about and yeah. ahead, well i'm yeah. i'm sure you'll get some answers probably sooner than you think actually yeah i'm i'm also curious about the the, the wolverine game that they've that they've been developing because i know that one is coming much later on like maybe i think maybe 2024 at the earliest is what I heard. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's another one that I'm very curious about because that one just kind of came out of nowhere. Also, when they yeah. the 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 state of play and revealed all those trailers last year, because all we right. for that one all we all we've had is just that initial you know an announcement trailer with him in the bar, the guys coming up with the knife, and then the claws just come right out. And I remember I, I sat down and watched like a a compilation video of different people's reactions to it, how everyone mm-hmm. just lost it as soon as the claws came out. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the reaction that I had to when I watched it the first time. Um, yeah, like, you know, but now since we're on the subject of video games, I know you're a gamer as well. Like, you know, what are some of the recent games that you've, uh, that you've gotten into? No, I'm not, I'm not much of a gamer these days. Well, I guess that's not true. I, I guess in a way, um, I just don't like, I started a Twitch channel like five or six, maybe six years ago. And I did that for like a year and a half, like solid, like it was a second job. I did it so much. Um, but I, I burnt out pretty quickly. That's uh, a lot of modern games, uh, cause seizures. Um, and so it gets tougher and tougher to play modern video games for me. Um, uh, most of them have seizure warnings at the beginning, and most of them are 100% correct. Uh, like, I played Gotham Knights recently, and full-on, um, you know, I play for like an hour, and then I get really dizzy. Um, and then so I'd go, okay, like, I got to stop now. And then I'll come back, like, the next day and play another hour. And this time, it would only take 45 minutes for me to get dizzy, you know? And it got worse and worse, so... Um, in the end, I, I finally did beat that game, but uh, I had to do a lot of things. Like we, I had someone calibrate my TV, and then we moved it further back. It wasn't like I was sitting right in front of the TV or anything. I was I was a good like maybe twelve feet back, but um, we had to we had to put put it even further. <laughs> and and then I pretty much the furthest I could get from the TV was laying in bed and playing because uh, like any of my chairs or any of my seats in my apartment, I would be it would be too close. So I had to literally be that far back from my TV for me. So I had the head, you know, set on so I could hear the game and, uh, and cause I didn't want to blast it, you know, freak out neighbors or anything, but it took me a lot to get through Gotham Knights. And, um, and I have, I'm making a video series on it. I feel like 
me just saying the game sucks, I feel like wasn't enough for me. Like, uh, it, it, I, I want to actually analyze the game. Um, so what I did was I'm, I'm making, there's eight chapters in the game and, and then a couple side quests. So I'm making a video on each chapter um, mm -hmm. with, the foot, with the raw footage of playing the game. Um, so one thing I learned is that I can't, I can't do this, like the typical streamer thing where I'm talking while playing the video game. That's too much activity for me now, um, right. and and that 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 kind of wears me out faster than the the one hour marker, too. So, um, so yeah, Gotham Knights. Um, I have Midnight Suns, and luckily that game, uh, I don't think there. I haven't turned it. Uh, to be honest, I haven't. I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet, and I really, really want to. And I was gonna tomorrow because originally we were going to film this tomorrow and uh, i was like oh tomorrow's my day off but then we had to switch some work schedule stuff uh blue did so i ended up having today off and today i just don't have the time uh, i got to work on other stuff so i'll eventually get to marvel's midnight suns i really am si excited to play it i'm a big fan of tactical rpgs because rarely do those ever give me any kind of brain problems uh so like final fantasy tactics tactics ogre reborn just came out um so games like that i really love those are probably my favorite style of video games next to classic resident evil which i could play i play on my switch sometimes in bed um so i don't stream it so i am a gamer i just uh i don't always share it and stream it and a lot of it's a more personal experience and i happen to know that blue um uh, one of my alters has taken up the reins of a mobile game I started playing called um, Mirrorverse, which is a Disney mobile game. Um, and most of the characters are designed or worked on by... Or, no, maybe McFarlane just did the toys. Maybe that's it. I don't know if he designed the characters, but the, the character designs in it are awesome. It's like, uh, it's like a, a multiverse version of Disney characters. Um, and it's an RPG game. So it's real easy. It plays a lot like a Marvel Future Fight, which is another mobile game that I used to play. Um, but I started playing it and then I stopped because I just now I just play my Switch. I play Resident Evil on Switch. And Blue has grown to liking the Mirrorverse game. So he's been playing it. And I and I so I left a note like, hey, if you play it, record it. And maybe I'll use the footage for something on, you know, on YouTube one day. Um, so yeah. So it's so I I those are kind of the games I've been playing lately. Mirrorverse, I guess, Blue Plays, um, and then me, Gotham Knights, Tactics Ogre Reborn, and uh, and, Mir and Midnight Suns. But I, I want to play Ragnarok also, God of War. Um, but I just, I won't have time anytime soon. Uh, yeah, the Ragnarok game, I'm, I've am i been wanting to play that, but I haven't played the 2018 God of War game. I just recently bought it because they had the sale where it was only for like $9.99 in the PlayStation store. So I took nice. advantage of that. So I bought that oh, and, and I'm just waiting to play that because I also bought it with the Tomb Raider re rebooted trilogy because that one was was only like $19.99. So you know getting right. four games getting four games for thirty dollars not a not a bad deal. So I'm so I've been so I played the first Tomb Raider game and had a lot of fun with that. But then I'm taking a break because I've been really into Sims 4 the last few weeks because uh, cool. I got into that. So that's been a lot of fun. I was actually just when I was playing it last night because uh, I started with a, playing as a version of myself on there and he had gotten mm -hmm. married. They had a kid. But then when I was playing it yesterday, the Sim version of me died. The wife died, so now I'm playing as the daughter in the game. She just got married, so it's, oh my goodness. It's, yeah, it's it's and, and just like the way it all the way they they died in the game was just so. I know Sims is 
ridiculous as everybody who has ever played any Sims game. They know how ridiculous they can get, but just even the animation of the way they died, it's literally they're slowly going onto the floor and they're like waving mm-hmm. by at nobody in particular. And then death literally, literally just shows up and it's like, has almost like an iPad in his hand. Like, like he's like checking off a list and right. you can plead with him to spare the life. And one, the f- first character in the game that I saw that died was just a random old man that showed up at the house and we pled with Death to spare him, and he did. But Death did not spare the Sims version of me or the wife. They he just took their their lives oh right then God. and there. But oh yeah, it's it was. I've it's just like I've I've played variations of the Sims before, but playing this full on version of it on the PS5 and seeing it go to that length of it, it says, huh. Okay, because I, I never played Sims th- that much to get invested to, to getting reached in that point. So it's been an interesting ride, and uh, and I've also gotten into Fortnite this year because that was another okay. one. when I when I had PS4, I had downloaded it, and then my friend Jeffrey that I've known since elementary school, he was he he downloaded it on his PS4 also, and we both kind of were like, yeah, it's just collecting dust on the virtual you know shelf, and then finally played it now on the PS5, and it's like. Okay, now I see why people love it so much, and it's that's, that's been a lot of fun too. But that one, I mean, other than the game itself, I I enjoy it because there's the social element of it. Because I struggle with mm. socializing a lot, also, and so that's an aspect of it that I enjoy very much. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of the games that I've gotten into, especially since getting the PS5, like uh, yeah, like I said, the Tomb Raider trilogy and. Um, I also downloaded a Jedi Fallen Order because I played a little bit of it on my brother's Xbox when I came down here last year, but I haven't played the full-on game yet. Mm-hmm. And um, there's the Last of Us games, there's the Uncharted games, uh, the Arkham games, uh, which you know I'm excited to, to for when the Suicide Squad game comes out next year, especially because you know Kevin Conroy's final performance as Batman. That's that's uh, yeah that 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 was his the news of him passing was one that i know and 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 then uh and jason david frank coming happened in before that one it's like two staples of my childhood back to back like that was just damn yeah uh, and yeah and, and with with his death the jason david frank because because i've been taking a break you know for the most part with social media so i'm not active on twitter or really anywhere else honestly you know i'll still check my dms occasionally but other than that i'm i'm not active on any, on any of them so i found out about his death because my friend uh, he's a big power rangers fan texted me about it cuz he had seen all the people posting about it on twitter so i checked it and then when i saw tmz had posted it i was just like damn <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, yeah i and i'm I don't know if I was a Power Ranger fan as a kid. I probably could have been. I guess I, um, my brother though is, and uh, and I, by the way, I'll I'll say I'll save it for later. But um, yeah, my brother was, and uh, and he was telling me about it, and I was like, wow, that sucks. I was like, he was young, right? It turns out me and me and uh, and he was the Green Ranger, right? He played yes. Tommy. Um, we weren't we're not that far apart in age, actually. So I was like wow, that's, he's so young. Like, uh, I, you know, I know some, some people who are younger are probably like, what, almost 50, that's old. It's like, no, it's, it's, it, it, it can be some days it feels old, but some days it doesn't. Um, but yeah, he was, he seemed like he, his impact though. It's one of those, 
it's like when um because neil adams also passed away this year uh, amazing comic book artist and um uh, we've lost a lot of great comic book artists unfortunately this year and you see the impact those people have you see it just on i'm just on instagram i can't imagine what facebook and twitter were like um with the reactions because i'm sure it was you know you see you see the it yeah it's it's hard to see a crater that big um in the wake of someone's passing it's uh you realize how many lives were touched and I think I saw, so, I only saw one negative thing. Someone was like, really, who cares? It's just like an actor. And I'm like, it's like, okay, well, if you're, if you're going to have that kind of mindset, then who cares if anyone dies? <laughs> like, you know, the, the, these actor or not, or person in your life or not, whether you knew them personally or not, or only met them once at a convention or not, it's like those, those are semi irrelevant to the, the feeling you have towards the person and the character they played or what they portrayed because chances are that portrayal that they did impacted your life in some way. It probably taught you something moral that you might not have known. Like, yeah, your parents probably would eventually told you that lesson, but you learned it through that. Like I, I, I don't remember this era, but I grew up, my mom called me a latchkey kid. Uh, we were kids in the eighties that grew up watching TV. We were raised by our, our TV sets um, because, you know, we were in single parent homes and, and my, our, my mom worked three jobs, you know, so we were raised by our TV. So I'm sure like, it's probably why even through an aneurysm with no memories, I still resonate with Transformers. My mom was telling me, she's like, your first fandom was Transformers. She's like, Optimus Prime, you know, you didn't have a father figure in your life. So Optimus being this like caring leader for his, you know, his team like probably had an impact on you, you know, and that may seem silly to somebody who can't understand that, but that is a generation of people were raised like that. <laughs> we just were. And these, these actors and these amazing performers have those impacts. So it, I thought I saw a lot of beautiful things said about that guy. Uh, what, it, remind me his name. Is it David? You said uh, Jason, David, Frank, David Frank. Okay. Uh, I saw him. I apologize. I, I'm not, I don't know much about power Rangers. Um, well, that's fine. But, uh, but his, uh, I saw a lot of beautiful things said about that guy uh, from people who were also Power Rangers with him and from fans and people sit posting pictures like of meeting him and stuff like uh, or people posting saying, I wish I got to meet him. I never got the chance. Like, but he still meant a lot to me. Like it, uh, people posting who cosplay, they were posting pictures of their helmets, you know, uh, you know, and in, in his honor or, or his he had some kind of knife. Uh, there was like a green knife I saw. So like people yeah. posting pictures of that, like, I mean, just really moving stuff. Um, I felt. And, uh, and even though I didn't know the guy at all, I was like, man, I, now I wish I was a power ranger fan. I was like that, that, uh, the, that fandom really came together to show their love for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, because not a lot of celebrity deaths have really impacted me that much. I think the first time a celebrity death really hit me hard was in uh, 2017 when uh, Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, when he died, because Linkin Park is my favorite band. So when I saw, I was, you know, shopping at the time and I was, I was, you know, with my wife at the time. Uh, I mean, that's another story for another time. But um, yeah, I was waiting at, because uh, out, it was at Walmart and there was a McDonald's in that Walmart and I was waiting at the Walmart for her. Uh, or sorry, rather at the McDonald's waiting for her to check yeah. out. And I was just browsing through my through Twitter at the time. And then I just saw from TMZ, Chester Bennington, you know, dead, age 40, 
42, 41, however old he was at the time. Right. And it's just, you know, like for that, for that little bit of time, I just, honestly, I felt, I felt numb because again, you know, Naked Park, they're my favorite band still are, always will be, you know, cause their music since I'd say like maybe 13, 14 years old, you know, have just been a big, big part of my life. So that was the first, my first experience of celebrity death really hitting me, you know, like that. And then seeing other people reacting to other celebrity deaths since then, it's like, you know, and even remembering how people responded to other deaths before that, it's like, I get it now, you know, because mm-hmm. with certain celebrities, you just never know the connection that they're going to, that you're going to make with, uh, with them, whether it's in movies or television, video games, uh, books, comic books, even sports, you know, just, you never know. Some these people just, they'll just resonate with you on a level that, you know, can't really explain. They just do, you know? So you, when they leave this world, in- it's, yeah. Go oh, good. You were saying, sorry, no, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no I, I finished my thought. You, you go. <laughs> well, I want to hear what you were going to say with when they leave this world. No, just when they leave this world, it's just, you know, you've that impact that they had on your life is when you finally feel the full extent of it. I mean, yeah. And it, it, it sucks that it sometimes takes that loss for you, for that to that impact to happen. Um, which is why I, I would like to be more like someone who appreciates everyone around me, like, and not take them for granted. I, I'd like to be more like that. Um, and, uh, because I don't want to wait for their loss, you know, to, to like, like, you know, e- echoes was like, a, it came out of nowhere for me, but, to the point of what you're saying about being inspired, like whether it's a wrestler or a sports person or a comic book artist or, you know, an actor or your mom or your dad, like you have to be influenced by someone on some level. Like you have to, you know, you have to, that's the beauty of being alive. I feel is that, is that some of your mannerisms rub off on other people, you know, and some of theirs rub off on you. And so there's always a sense of, there's always a part of you with somebody and there's always a part of them with you like forever. And, uh, and I, I kind of, I like that, like thinking about like life like that, where like now, now that I'm trying to understand my, myself and my own situation, I'm, I'm seeing how the uniqueness of everybody is so important. Um, and how they, they resonate. Cause like, you know, blue goes to work with these people and they have all their own inside jokes. And then on a day where I go and fill in for him, they, you know, they, they know we're two different people and because we carry ourselves differently. We act differently. We, we talk a little differently. We use different words, um, according to them. And, you know, uh, but they will tell me like, they'll say a joke and I'll, I'll go, Oh, okay. And they're like, well, they're like, well, that's an inside joke where we have a blue. And I'm like, oh, I, Okay. I was like, well, that's neat. Like it made, it made me think like, like I was like, wow, he, he is literally, uh, you know, to break it down, you know, he is a creation of my mind. Like my, something happened and my, my brain forms differently in the face of trauma. It, it, the outcome is different than the average person because of these things that happened when I was younger. So he was able to develop and, become a living being in some way over the past year um, and has made an impact on people and to the point where they have inside jokes with each other that I'm completely oblivious of. And, and it's that 
perception is like it's like some someone i'm not i'm not super spiritual but i i am in a way too uh depending on what it is like i don't go to church i don't do anything like that but i i believe sometimes when you pray for things like if you ask for help like i want to be stronger you know you don't just become stronger you you're something presents itself in your life that is hard to get through and you if you get through it you become stronger you know and if you asked for perspective which is something i was been asking for 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 a while now like i, I want perspective on life and boy oh boy did that manifest <laughs> like uh because now seeing and talking to friends like my friend Nate, who has met green and blue and um, fade, I didn't mention fade is the fourth one. Uh, fade is nonverbal. Um, doesn't. We're still figuring out fade, but fade is a um, essentially like a, if if I was if I'm an emotional person, which which I am, um, blue is a little different. He's emotional, but not like not a lot of negative emotions. Green is essentially a vault. He is the one with the secrets. He is the one that knows things. And so he is just blanket. No, no emotion. You, you, you can't get him to laugh. You can't get him to react, which, you know, Nate said to me, he's like, it's so strange to tell you something and you have no emotional reaction to it. He goes, you usually will, if I do something super nice for you, like, you know, help pay your vet bill, which Nate has done before. Um, when I'm in a pinch, he'll, he'll like, he's like, you'll cry. You'll, you'll cry. You'll be so, so thankful. You'll cry. He goes, I tried to do something nice and green was there and nothing. <laughs> he just, and I said, yeah, that doesn't sound like me at all. And he's like, yeah, he's, he even talks differently than you. Um, so to see the impact that the, those guys have on people that I've known for years or, or, you know, or like in blues case, having inside jokes, it has given me perspective and it made me look at other people and the little things we do um, and say to each other and like the inside jokes people have with each other and how that goes on. Like there's some things I repeat now that my friend Todd used to say to me 10 years ago and I still say it. And it's not even like a me-ism, but now if I say it to somebody, they'll go, oh, I got, I learned that from Seek. And I'm like, but I didn't, I come up with that, you know, Todd did. So when I see people get cynical about, you know, don't, don't be, you know, don't take a, a loss of an actor or somebody that you didn't know or a sports player so seriously. It's like, but then, then why not? Like if they clearly left an impact, a piece of them somehow ended up on me and, and, you know, and yeah, maybe it wasn't reciprocated cause I never met them in person, but I'm like, I was impacted by them, by their performance in a movie or by something they said in an interview or, or whatever, or how they treated a fan, you know, like it taught me to be nicer to people if they just come up to me. It's like, that's what we're here to do is, is to learn and grow from each other. So to say, oh, don't be sad over someone's death. It's like that you didn't know. It's like, but uh, on some level, I knew them, you know, I knew what they stood for at least. So I don't know. I, I think I just rambled there. I was trying to tie it all back to the, to the, lo the losing of a celebrity, but yeah, I don't know if I did a good job. No, I, I think you did. You did a pretty good job with it. It's, you know, I'm. And I'm sorry that I don't that I'm not really speaking out much. I'm usually right. I'm, I'm usually a better listener than I am a speaker, uh, which is funny because when I was in school years ago for you know, when I was taking classes to become a medical assistant, I had to take a college English class uh, sure. with it as well. 
and my teacher at the time because uh, I had to write a lot of essays, and I forgot which essay it was that I'd written. Because there was there was one that I one that I'm very proud of. It was a compare contrast essay where I compared the original Star Wars trilogy to the prequel trilogy at the time. You know, so it's, cool. and, and the timing of it was perfect because it was like a few months before Force Awakens was coming out. So it's like you know what, this is perfect, and I got an A on that uh, essay, which I'm very proud of because it's the first A on anything I had written before, and I love to write. I'm uh, you know, as you know, like I've talked about in the script to screen videos, I'm trying to get into writing since that's something I've had a passion for since uh, I would say like say sophomore year of high school. So that would have been around 2003-ish. Yeah. Um, and but it was like at the end of the of the term, and she was you know leaving it to you know to go do something else at another school for something i don't remember exactly what it was but uh, she had said that i'm that i'm a natural leader and a bunch of other wonderful things that are they're escaping me right now but i i had written it on a facebook post years ago so that i can remember it i just haven't revisited it since then but and her saying that i'm a natural leader and that you know that i'm so well spoken and other things like that and it's like like am I though? Because I've n- I never really feel it. I've I'm, I want most people talk to me about how quiet I am and that I don't speak up enough. And when I do speak up, sometimes they wish I would shut up. So I don't know. Huh. Well, I I will say like we are often horrible judges of who we are as people, uh, like ourselves. You know, like uh, other people inform us of like things they like about us and 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 things they don't like about us sometimes too. And you're you're right. It's like you, you don't see yourself that like I I never saw myself in a certain way. And uh, but you brought on something that you said there about being a leader. Like someone said that to you. That's very kind of them. Um, I've been in situations, whether in comics or retail or working a job, whatever. Like I've been in situations where I've wanted to take a leadership role. Like I'm like you know what I'm ready. You know I'm in my 30s or you know whatever and in my 40s. Like I. I not just for that reason I should be a leader, but but I think I've had enough experience now that I feel like I'm ready to be a leader. And I've had people tell me that I'm not a leader. You know, they're like, you're, you're not a leader. And, uh, and I would let that eat at me. And I don't know why, because so for any, for a message for anyone out there, if you're ever in that situation, you're working a retail job, you want to be a manager and someone tells you you're not a leader, like if you know that you're ready for it, then they're wrong. You know, uh, they just are, um, no one can really tell you that you're a leader on some level. Um, it's nice to hear, but when you believe it is, is when you do it. And I would say some of the best leaders, um, are often, uh, don't think they will be, you know, they often don't think they're good leaders. Um, I, I love that line. I always go back to transformers. Cause like I said, it's like, uh, even post aneurysm, rewatching the cartoons shaped me in some way. Um, but that line when Optimus prime is dying and, and they're like, uh, he's wants to give the, the matrix to ultra Magnus and ultra Magnus is like, yeah, I, I'm just a soldier. Like I'm, I, I'm not worthy. And Optimus says, yeah, was I any different when someone handed me the matrix? And I, that's such a simple line, but for me, I extrapolated so much out of that. Um, that Optimus Prime, probably the greatest leader in fiction, in my opinion, at least of all time, uh, is uh, came from humble beginnings. I'm like, I love that. I think that's amazing. So 
so I would say, yeah, don't let anyone tell you that you're not a leader. But when someone does tell you a leader, like it's, it's such a, I know that feeling it's, it's such a powerful thing. It makes you feel good. And it may, it, it affirms what you feel like you already know about yourself. Or in some cases you, you, you're not ready to hear it. And you're like, I don't know if I'm those things, but then you, you learn that you are and that they saw something in you that you just weren't ready to see yet. Um, but I also want to mention, you mentioned your brother earlier and, and I mentioned mine. Um, that's really cool of your brother to give you a place to stay um, and to, to work, you know, work with you with your memory and stuff. I think that's when you said that earlier, I almost wanted to cry. Um, my brother was a big component in some of my recovery too. And he's a younger brother. Um, but man, oh man, was he uh, awesome at helping me with stuff. Um, even at times when my mom couldn't or wouldn't, um, my brother was. So um, that's really cool. I'm glad we both have, amazing brothers <laughs> for sure yeah yeah I, I do have some amazing brothers i have because i have two older brothers the, the one that i'm that i've been with for the past year and a half uh, he's uh but he's a year older than me and then my oldest brother he still lives in new york city he's 10 years older than me um even though you know, he doesn't act that, that as as often but you know it's p- part of why i love him also but um and uh, and you say you're your younger brother. How do you have? How many brothers do you have, or is he? Ju- you just have the one brother. Yeah, just me and him. Um, and he has a son. Um, so I, you know, uh, sometimes I'll make YouTube content for him. Uh, so people will be like, "Oh, that that seemed very cringy or childish." Uh, that episode that you did, and I go, "Wow, that was for my nephew." <laughs> I tried to. I think I even dedicated an episode to him. And, that he, you know, he's of the generation, he's, you know, eight years old. So he's YouTube is the coolest thing, right? YouTube, Fortnite, you know, TikTok, those are all the coolest things in the world to him. So, so to see his name mentioned on the YouTube video, he was like going to school and bragging about it. Like I, my, my uncle mentioned me on his YouTube channel, you know, and uh, it's just, it's really cool. It's uh, so it's, it's been neat being a part of his life. And, uh, you know, I, I've never, I'm not able to actually have children, uh, my, like myself, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's cool to see like, uh, you know, my brother, his son makes him so happy, you know? Um, it's, uh, it's just really cool because my, my brother, I think is a good dad. Um, you know, like anybody, he struggles with stuff and, uh, but I know he cares deeply for his, his son and my nephew. So like, it's, it's cool to hear him talk about, his son. It's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I knew from the moment my brother helped me, um, post aneurysm, you know, he has a, that he's a good guy. So, uh, so it's cool to see him be a good dad now, you know, that is really good to hear. I'm, uh, that, that makes me feel pretty good soon, pretty hopeful for, you know, hopefully I can have something like that in the future. Yeah. God willing, if you know, if I meant to have that, um, you're going to be yeah. a good dad too. You're going to be a good dad one day. I know oh, it. Oh, well, I, I would hope so. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, one, one thing I wanted to ask you, cause I've been very curious about it this whole time. Cause I've been very fascinated by what you have in your background. Like what is the, the <laughs> I, 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 I see the venom mask right there, but with everything else that's behind it, I'm very curious what that is. Oh, so, um, earlier this, uh, uh, maybe like we moved into this new apartment um, in uh, I think July or August and uh, blue put a note on our board that he didn't like our setup. <laughs> he, uh, he had an opinion about our setup <laughs> and uh, he was like, you know, I don't, 
there's a little alcove over there. It's a studio apartment. So it's just basically one big room, right? Um, so the kitchen's like right there and then the bed is here and, and then behind me is an alcove. So, and the bathroom's over there. So the alcove is where I was like, oh, I'll put the bed in there, you know, cause that makes sense. It's like a nice little nook. We can fit the new bed in there. Um, and, uh, and then we'll put all the recording stuff out here, like in the living room. And he didn't like that. Uh, so, so he said, I have an idea. And he, so I said, all right, you know what, dude, after like a month of kind of writing on the board and haranguing me, I said, you know what, I want to see what you can do. So like, let's do it. So he had ordered some stuff on, on Amazon and, uh, and which is cool because like, you know, he works the job. So all I asked from him is like, Hey man, if you, if you pay bills, like pay, just here's the bills, you know, that you got to pay and here's the websites and stuff. So just pay, make sure that you pay these bills. If you're you or if I'm me, I'll pay them. That's all I asked for with the money is that bills and rent are paid for. And then anything that's extra, you know, it's you, you decide what to do with, but maybe just leave since we all have different tastes in food, somewhat different tastes in food, like maybe leave a budget for food for each of us, you know, so we can each get groceries that we like. That's really all I ask. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's not really my money. Um, but he'll still like, if he knows I want an action figure, he, if he sees it, he'll buy it, which is weird. Cause it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm buying myself a gift, <laughs> but but on some level I'm I'm not. I mean, I am and I'm not. So it's like, it's weird. So I'll look, I'll wake up one day and I'll see new shelves put into the wall and I'll see a toy, <laughs> you know, and that I've been looking for. And I'm like, holy crap, there's there's Mr. Knight. I've been looking for that figure, um, and uh, and Moon Knight. That's been another big inspiration because uh, for me because you know I see people all the time for years talk about oh. It's nice to see representation. Nice to see representation, and I'm like, oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to understand that, you know. Um, for me, a representation was Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones revealing that she was an aneurysm survivor, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. So it made me a big fan of hers because to rehearse and I know what it takes to you know to be in film and and how hard and grueling that that schedule is, and with lights in front of you and people expecting you to remember your lines. So for someone who's been through two aneurysms that she's been through and to still do that. I'm like, I'm mad respect for her. So, um, so anyway, so I asked blue, I said, I said, yeah, do what you do your thing. So he ordered this backdrop, which is a cyberpunk Tokyo future backdrop, which I guess he likes cyberpunk on, <laughs> which is something I've never been a fan of. Um, so he, he bought that backdrop for like 40 bucks and put it up on the wall. Um, this is an arcade machine that, uh, that, Blue actually bought for Green because Green uh, had mentioned that uh, he played Marvel vs. Capcom during one of our therapy sessions in high school with our original host's old friends um, in high school. And so when we saw that this came out, we got it for Green as like a as a but then also me like I like Marvel vs. Capcom, so I was like, hey, we'll all play it. So this thing gets played a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot so we just spin our chair around and just start playing it um but yeah i have across the spider-verse you mentioned miles morales earlier and into the spider-verse i love that movie it made me a miles morales fan even though i kind of liked him in the comics my definitive miles morales version is definitely that movie um but i also love the video game so i've been buying um the toys from the new movie so i got spider punk who i'm a big fan of also uh, hobie brown um and recently oh hold on let me make sure my camera i think my camera just stopped yeah hang on let me start my camera i'll fix it um and then i got ben riley scarlet spider recently 
Um, uh, that's and so cool. these are all from the new movie. Um, and then behind me here, where you can't see because I have the chair in the way, and Ace is behind me, so I can't. I got to lean back. <laughs> these are on my Venom Venom statue. So I have Venom, Carnage, Agent Venom. Down here, I have a Venom from Venom uh, Spider Man Three, and then like Anti Venom. It looks like the Spider Mobile, the buggy Spider Man Twenty Ninety Nine. Mm. Yeah, and the, that's the Insomniac Spider Man statue that came with a collector's edition. Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, and then soundboards and stuff. So, and then right to my left here, I bought this on eBay from a guy when I was in California. These are actual concept art for Venom for the first movie. This is an unused design of the character, um, and they were auctioning these off at a you know at an auction event. And this guy bought them on eBay and was selling them, and he was asking for a price that I just couldn't afford. So I wrote him a message because he said he'll take a best offer, and I said, look my best offer, I don't want it to seem insulting. I just don't have that much money, but I can offer this, you know, and if, if you're just selling like one of them or something, and I told him about my YouTube channel and everything. And he, so he went and watched the channel and then he said, you know what, dude, I'll sell it to you for, for that price. Uh, you know, I'll sell you both of them. Um, so it's this, and then I have one that shows his back. Um, That's so cool. it, yeah. And then it has the authentic, the, you know, certificate of authenticity and, and stuff, um, with it. So, um, so yeah, that way I always have a piece of actual Venom movie memorabilia with me. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't have anything like cool like that. I mean, from what I have in my background, just the yeah, cool Reven stuff. Revenge of the Jedi poster That's that I awesome. bought at Walmart. That's a rare poster. Yeah, it's yeah. rare though. Yeah, yeah. Because when I when I first saw that poster and learning that that was one one of what the you know episode six was supposed yeah. to be ever titled, right. you know, and it, the poster itself is pretty cool. But knowing that that was one of the original titles just fascinated me as well. But then I also got a little Grogu doll that I got from Walmart as well. And then can't really see it that clearly, but those are three Spider-Man Funko pops. One is from Ooh. far from home. It's the upgraded suit. The uh -huh. other one next to it is a, uh, from the, from the insomniac video game that my friend Lisa got for me at a uh, New York comic con. Cause she went there a couple months ago and got me a few oh, cool things. Shout yeah, out to she, Lisa. yeah. She also got me a, a t-shirt from the super Mario brothers movie panel uh, that it's the, yeah. it's a Bowser's hand. Just like right in the front in black and white, and it has the logo on the back, which is pretty cool. cool. And yeah, awesome. yeah. So that one, yeah, because I knew she was gonna she was gonna send me that one because she asked me what size shirt I wear, and she mm -hmm. and she told me that's what she was gonna get. But then she also had the Spider Man Funko Pop and uh an Aliens little tin cup thing. I can't I haven't opened that one yet, but it's I have it somewhere around here. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the on top of it is a uh, is in Miles Morales from Into the Spider Verse. It's when he's wearing the store bought Spider Man costume, and then has cool. the, the and he has the 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 cape. You know that you know Peter B. Parker tells him you know that's a no on the cape. He's wearing <laughs> he's, he's he's wearing that on on the Funko Pop too. So that one that's cool. That one that one's one of my favorites. <laughs> and I have in the in the closet I have a bin full of other Funko Pops. That one of them is a a venomized Miles Morales. That one looks pretty cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um I think there's also and there's one of Scream that I have have one of her that I got at Walgreens. That that cool. one I was I was I only I learned about that one talking to to Allie who you mm -hmm. had on the Parasite podcast as well. And she had mentioned to me that th that it was coming out. So then when I went I was leaving work one day, stopped at Walgreens because it was right at the corner of my where the bus stop was and just went in there because I was gonna get a snack to ride on the bus on the way home. Mm -hmm. And that's when I saw it just sitting there like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to ever see this again. Let me just go ahead and grab it now and grab it, bought it, take a picture of it to show her that I bought it that day. And yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, she makes cool. She makes cool content too. She's a big Scream fan. She's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's and I, I had no idea who, anything about the Scream character until I started watching her videos, and I've learned so much about it. I've, I haven't read any of the comics yet. I do have them on an Amazon wish list, as well as like a thousand other comics and graphic novels that I've been meaning to to read, like the mm-hmm. you know Venom Lethal Protector run. I've been I've had have that on the list that I've been you know waiting to buy for a while. Just you know. Money's tight, especially around this time of the year. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Then right next to it, I have a you know little bookshelf with different books that are up there too. So and you can't really see it that well. You just see you see a couple of little books right there and there. Like I have the Hunger Games collection and a few like biographies of like Ozzy Osbourne, Keith Richards, people like that. Right. Um, cool. Uh, oh, yeah, and for you know wrestling fans, the the belt right there next I see to the, the belt. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. Very um, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice setup, man. You do the same thing I did. Um, you have the the TV stand that has the cubes in it. Um, yeah. I bought a bunch of those drawers to put in them. Um, yeah. and that's where I store like my DVDs and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like on the little bin that's right underneath the Funko Pops. That's where I have a lot of my Blu-rays and some of my my hard copy, physical copy video games as well. Cool. Um, uh, yeah. Otherwise, the rest of it is like just storage or clothing and whatever else. But yeah, I mean, right. yeah, I don't have maybe as impressive of a setup as like other YouTubers have where they have like LED lights from like top to bottom, left <laughs> to right. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with this. It's, it's, you know, this is me. This is authentically me. So, I mean, I mean, this is my, this is my bedroom that I use for all this stuff. I mean, I have my desk right here. My bed is right there. TV's right there. And, have the PS5 sitting on the desk right there next to the bed so that, you know, because if anyone who has the PS5, they know how massive those things are when you actually have it in front of you. So if I had it sitting next to the TV, it would have been almost as high as the TV is. <laughs> I can, um, yeah. That's, um, um, but you're right. You're, I mean, like you said, I know some people, I mean, I've seen people who have like, um, there's like YouTubers who are like just live streamers where they just sit at their desk and just talk all day and watch random videos. And those guys have basic setups. I mean, literally you could just see their desk and like one poster or something and they have, you know, millions of subscribers. Some of them are hundreds of thousands. So I think sometimes it's, it's not really about that. It's, but it is about what reflects you. So maybe that person doesn't have a lot of spectacle behind them, but that's just who they are. They're just like, Hey man, I'm, I don't like shiny lights in my face. I don't like, you know, all these things. I, this, I like things simple and professional and, or someone's like, Hey, I like just having like two posters and like a couple Funko pops and other people like, this is obviously pretty extravagant. Um, and, uh, and we also have led lights that go around the bottom, uh, that blue put in there that were from our old apartment. Um, but I don't really turn them on that much, but, um, I know like sometimes if he's the one going to bed at night, he might turn him on as like a nightlight. Cause he just, I don't know. He, he likes color. Whereas I'm a little bit of the opposite. Like I, I like black and white and, uh, I like, uh, the dulling of color sometimes. Um, but, uh, but, or when colors used properly, I like it when it's bright, but yeah, he's all, he, I don't know. He's, he's really taken a liking to cyberpunk stuff and he has become a big transformers fan actually also. So he's learning magic, the gathering right now because he wants mm-hmm. to make friends and magic has transformer cards in them right now. They have like rare transformer cards you can get. So he's been learning that, I guess. And, and, you know, wants free time, um, on like the weekends so he can go play at like, you know, local places. Um, and then behind us though, is our moon night room. Cause we are going to start a moon night podcast, uh, pretty soon in January. And, uh, 
it's all Moon Knight stuff. And it's not j just uh, like it's the entire Funko Pop collection. It's all the toys that are currently out. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's masks, a Conchu mask. Uh, there's props from the show that I bought online um, and that some of them blue bought. So, yeah, we have a whole room that's all Egyptian looking. And uh, we're going to be doing a podcast out of there uh, early next year. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to checking that one out too because it's you know you, you know I, even though I haven't really been able to keep up a lot with your channel because there's a lot of stuff that you know a lot of other channels that I'm way behind yeah. on yeah uh, like 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 on my my watch later list that I have on YouTube it's like 500 something <laughs> videos you know behind on yeah and, and 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 the way I try to catch up is I'll pick one channel and watch mm -hmm. their videos you know, up until I'm up to date with it. So there's like, I think seven channels worth of videos that are, that are on that list that I'm trying to catch up on. I mean, okay. certain videos, certain channels I'm able to catch up on pretty quickly. I mean, I mean yours, I don't have that many that I need to catch up in maybe two months, I would think, but like yeah. others where I'm like other channels, like one channel that I follow. Cause he's, he does a lot of horror movie stuff. I'm about a year and a half behind on his videos. Um, so that one's, Probably, I probably won't even get to that one until next year anyway. But yeah, there's a, a lot of channels like that that I'm very way, way behind on. And and even and even though like some, you know, speaking of like the how they have their video set up, theirs are st still fairly simple, but a lot more elaborate than what I have. Like the like the horror channel that I follow, it's a Sinister Cinema Reviews. Oh yeah. His, his uh, uh, setup, uh, well at least how it used to be in earlier videos that he had like literally like a shelf from top to, from floor to, to bottom um and from like wall to wall like just shelves of all the horror movie VHS yeah, I've seen his and videos that he has. yeah and and then he has like other like little replica movie props and posters and it's like wow that's impressive i don't know if i could you know spend the time setting all that up i mean i mean like when i started doing like the on-camera stuff on the channel because mm -hmm. before that it was all just audio but you know, when I started feeling comfortable enough to be on camera, this Star Wars poster was the first thing that I had up on the wall. And then little by little, I started adding other stuff that I've had even way before I started doing YouTube. Like I have one is a like those it's a 3D poster of the of Jaws that it's like literally like the original Jaws poster, but it's made like in like a 3D format. That's one of the coolest Christmas gifts I ever got. I had that in the background. Right now it's sitting in the closet because I'm not sure if I actually want to put it back up because you know, it's I've had it for I think ten, almost ten years now, and I want to try to keep it preserved as best as I can. Sure. And but then I have other posters, like I have uh, a Man of Steel poster that's inspired by like the Alex Ross, you know, Superman painting where he's you know, you know, that doing that pose over Metropolis like that. Yeah. Um, cool. uh, and then I have I have an Uncharted two poster that uh, I've been meaning to put up, just be I keep forgetting to do so. Um. There's a, a poster from the the Batman that's supposed to be a Jim Lee drawing that I got from the first DC fandom. Oh yeah, the red one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I ha and then I have the poster from the Joker first Joker movie that I got when I went to the Thursday night showing for it uh, cool. in 2019. Yeah, which uh, that one was cool because it was the first you know Thursday night showing of any movie I'd ever gone to. Um, and I think I actually spoke a little bit about it on the Parasite podcast. Yep. That, yeah, that yeah, because I was just. I was planning on seeing it opening weekend anyway, but then when I saw the movie times, like, oh, they have a 4.30 showing later today. I was like, okay, I'm going to go right to it. I got there, I got my ticket. They offered me a free movie poster, and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to turn down a free movie poster. Come on. And then, <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> and then I and then, then I ended up loving the movie. So that just makes yeah. it even better. And, and I'm excited to see for when the new one comes out. And I know I know I'm they just so started excited. they just started they just started filming it like I think yep. yesterday or the day before they already, they started on it already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with that one, what fascinates me some the most with the fact that the movie even exists is that besides the fact that it even exists and is that Joaquin Phoenix is doing it and he's because he's an actor that never has never done sequels ever. That was just right. something he never did for any movie that ever before that. And just the fact that he's coming back for this one, it's like, okay, clearly there's something here about the story and the character that he has a connection to that makes him want to come back. And and I'm and I'm sure the relationship that he has with Todd Phillips is a big factor in that too. Because sure. you know, Todd Phillips, he has his relationship with his actors, and I mean really every director. They have their little core group of actors that they work with on every movie. So clearly, Walking Phoenix looks to be one of those people now doing these, this movie with him. And, and what are your thoughts on, on that, especially with all the, the rumors of it you know, being a musical that people seem to be scared of, even though I'm of the theory that it's not going to be the musical that they think it's going to be? <laughs> well, first of all, I love musicals, actually. I'm a big fan of... Uh... Actually, I like Jesus Christ Superstar. I like um, Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> I like there's there's a, there's a lot of great musicals that are out there that I like that are some are off the wall and some some are would surprise you that I like them. Um, not a fan of Hamilton though, uh, <laughs> but uh, but they. So I'm not scared about that. What I, what I love though is that um, I've learned this on the internet big time, which is uh, when people don't know really what's going on, they make up stuff, right? So right. like we we follow movies, you and I and stuff, and and uh, Venom especially like with me with that, I have people coming to me all the time. Oh man, I heard you know I heard Spider Man's going to show up at the end of Let There Be Carnage. I'm like, uh, you know, like in a and fight Venom, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you heard wrong. <laughs> like I could tell you right now, I could shoot that down right now, um, without even knowing anything behind the scenes. Uh, so there's just there's a lot of that that goes around. So sometimes people just go like, oh, I heard it's a musical. Maybe there's, for all we know, maybe they someone said somewhere like, Oh, we're thinking about putting a scene in it. That is a musical scene, you know, and someone ran with that, you know, and, uh, and word by the time it got to the 11th person that got online, it was, Oh, Joker two is going to be a musical. So you, you actually have no idea sometimes with this stuff. And uh, I will say that with the first Venom movie and the first Joker movie, cause I actually used to do a show about Joker leading up to the first movie. Unfortunately, I deleted those episodes too, because they were, it's a rated R movie and it was, um, there was a lot of graphic stuff we were talking about leading up to that movie. And, right. and I was, I was worried about the cop. I think again, that I had stuff that was kids content and s- stuff that was like serial killer content on my channel. And I was like, all right, I better get, just get rid of both of this stuff and just kind of go with a PG 13 v- version of my channel. And so ever since then, I've been following that is just sticking with PG 13. But, um, but both leading up to venom and Joker, everyone kept saying, this isn't going to work. You can't do venom without Spider-Man. You can't do Joker without Batman. And, I kept arguing, well, yeah, you can, because these characters aren't important because they're the villain of Batman or Spider-Man. Um, they don't resonate with people just because they're the villain to Batman and Spider-Man. You know, they're, they're, you can, it, it'll be a different interpretation of the character, but the core of the character you can still do. Joker is about chaos, so as long as there's some form of order or illusion of order around, that's all you need for a Joker to be born. You know, um, Venom is a character who is was down on his luck and screwed his own life up, and then um, and then someone 
like in his in the comics, he thought Spider-Man was the cause of his pain. So if you just take Spider-Man out and put the Life Foundation in, and Life Foundation is the source of Eddie Brock's life falling apart, then he does have motivation to become Venom um, and hate somebody. So you can easily take those elements out. Again, it changes a part of who the character is, but as long as the core is there, and I thought Joaquin Phoenix, it was a different take on Joker, and it was a, and Joker's not even a character I like that much. But when I watched that movie, I was like, wow, I'm I'm invested in this guy. I don't I'm not rooting for him because he's clearly he got to, there's a point in the movie where he shoots the you know Robert De Niro where he's that he's beyond redeemable at that point. Yeah. Um, but leading up to that, you look at I at least I was looking at him as a guy who was crying for help and nobody answering. You know, right. like he's just like please help me, please help me. And nobody did. And then when he starts learning about his past and, and the horrible things he's gone through, it, it, it was enough to push him um, because he had no safety net. He had no one to help him. Um, and that felt very real. Um, and I was like, wow, that's what a, and then the performance alone, I was just, I mean, he's in every scene of that movie. There's not a single scene without him in that movie. And it, it's like a, it's mind blowing because most movies cut away, you know, yeah. to another character, but you, you only see that movie through Arthur Fleck's perspective. Um, and uh, I just thought that was so unique. So because the first movie sold me, uh, I don't have any fears about the second movie because I'm like, well, I, they've earned my trust. Like who am I to not trust Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix at this point, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I even mentioned it when Venom came out, Lady Gaga's movie um, with Bradley Cooper had come out around that time, and yeah. people were worried that it was going to affect the the box office numbers of Venom. But I'm like, well, it's a different audience. You'll see. And and I think one weekend they both made almost similar amounts. Uh, so I was like, see, it's not taking business from Venom. Like that's a totally different audience that's going to go see it. But I have a crush on Lady Gaga, so I'm actually kind of excited <laughs> to see because uh, Harley Quinn's also a character I haven't liked outside of the animated series ever. Right. Um, except for a no man's land when she first introduced in the comics, I liked her there, but beyond that, I've never really liked a lot of Harley Quinn stuff. So uh, this is as a non fan of Joker, Joaquin Phoenix pulled me into the first movie. And as a non fan of Harley, I think lady Gaga is going to sell me on, on this movie. So yeah, I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm, I can't wait to hear your review of it when it comes out. Yeah. It's I know that that comes out in 2024. I think it's also in October, 2024. Like the first movie came out in October of 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact date. I want to say October second because I feel like that's the number that I remember seeing in that first little teaser that Todd Phillips had shared on Instagram. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm and like you, like I like musicals also, but I'm but I'm not because I know a lot of people are are scared that it's going to be just a, like a like it's going to be like an over the top Disney kind of musical from start to finish. And <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think I think one of the the things that I'd read that somebody said that it'll be a musical in in a similar way to like the one scene in Clockwork Orange was, uh, and people who have seen the movie yeah. they know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, that it's going to be more like that, where it's music that it's music with the backdrop of chaos going on around. Sure, them. right. So and it's like and, and and also you have to you have to look at it from the perspective, kind of like how it was in the first movie. This is all through his perspective and his mind. So right. like, you know, we don't know that all of this is, re is really actually happening. Right. You know, sure. This could all, this could all just be in his head. Like everything, like in that first movie, everything 
up until you see him in the in the in in her apart in her the 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 apartment of who he thought was his girlfriend, all right. realizing that all of, none of that actually happened, and right. it's like. You know who's to who's to say what what it will or will not happen the next one and you know and plus I and I'm also a Lady Gaga fan too I've enjoyed her music I've enjoyed the movies that she's done I still haven't mm-hmm. seen the House of Gucci but I'm but because of oh, her yeah, being in it right. I'm curious because I've seen I've seen clips here and there of people show, showing how ridiculous it was I think one of them was a clip from of Jared Leto's character that somebody had shared to show how ridiculous and over the top that it was but it's like. Yeah, but I'm. I don't. I'm not going to watch it because of him. I'm watching it because of her. You know? Right. So, sure. Yeah. But even so, the you know, there's also like Al Pacino and a bunch of other actors in the movie that that would pull me into. So I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. You know? But yeah, like you, like like you, I I trust Todd Phillips to deliver on this one, like he did with the first one, and because you know, he also I love the Hangover Hangover movies. Those are a lot yeah, of fun. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. So I trust him and especially his perspective. I remember like around the time before the movie had come out that he, uh, even though I know a lot of fans, especially on Twitter won't agree with it, where he said, you know, that he says like that there's, you know, never been a bad version of Joker and kind of like how Robert Pattinson said also that to him, there's never been a bad Batman because each portrayal of Batman succeeded in telling the story that they wanted to tell, which I mean, that's, that's debatable depending on who you speak to. Um, Sure. I mean, like, and, and speaking of that, did, did, did you like the Robert Pattinson Batman film? Because I, I don't remember yeah, if, I've, actually, if, I've seen, if I've seen you talk about that. Yeah, I think I did a review of it. I, I, um, my thought when I walked out of there was, I, I don't think I, I felt like I didn't see anything that new that I haven't seen with Batman before. Um, so I wasn't like mind blown by the movie, but I thought it was a solid movie. Like I still, I was like, wow, th- when it was tense, it was tense. Uh, when it was, um, when it was grounded, it was very grounded, you know, like, uh, and I love the opening where Batman like says like, I, I can't be everywhere at once. So just me showing up to one or two crimes a night and instilling real fear, every criminal now looks at the shadows thinking I could be there and it makes them double to have a double take of whether they should really commit a crime or not. And he's like, so that is how I'm being effective on some level in this city. And I'm like, Oh, I like that. I actually kind of like that. And then with him being more of a symbol of hope at the end for non-criminals of the city, I was like, I like that too. Like, I, I, I think that's neat too. But again, that to me is those aren't themes and stuff that I've never seen before with Batman. Um, but it was, it was still like a really solid movie. And even though I, I would say for, probably for me, my weakest thing in the movie but the thing i was most critical of was riddler um i actually really didn't like riddler that much in the movie um but i love i loved penguin i loved catwoman and uh i love the world that matt reeves is building for batman i thought it's very cool looking it's very cool looking yeah and and i'm I'm excited to see what else they come up with because i know that there's the the penguin spinoff show that they're uh that's supposed to be coming out i think maybe late next year early 2024 i'm not 100 percent certain of that because i know I think Colin Farrell had said that that he had just gotten like this. He had recently only recently gotten the scripts for like the first few episodes, okay. and and that the launching point of the Penguin show is supposed. I think he said it's, it's that it picks up literally one week after the end of the of the Batman. So oh, it's like cool. so it's so it's like basically the immediate aftermath of of the Riddler and his followers flooding Gotham City and all that, and Penguin taking up that new crime boss mantle after uh, Falcone had had been killed. So, right. 
And well, so yeah, they had mentioned they had mentioned because I'm a care. I, I like actually like the character Hush. Um, yeah, is a is a more modern character that I liked for Batman, and um, well, not in the modern anymore. He's like 20 years old, but they uh, they hint at him in the movie. They they say that there was a reporter named Elliot that was killed investigating the um, the truth about Martha Wayne. And uh, and then as they show his body on screen, it says like hey, this is the body of uh, so and so Elliot, and it shows a picture of him, and it says Hush on it, and it says and we heard that Hush money was passed around, uh, and I was like, oh wow, I go so is that the origin of Hush? Is like his dad was investigating the Waynes and got killed, and so now Thomas Elliot hates Bruce Wayne because of that, you know, because his his maybe his parents killed his father. I was like, that could be a cool twist on that character. So they set a lot up in that first movie for potential sequels. And uh, yeah. obviously the deleted scene with their version of Joker. And so I'm, I'm curious to see that world that Matt Reeves build. And, um, and I love Colin Farrell. So if he's doing a penguin show, I'll watch the living hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was one of the things I really enjoyed that there's a lot of the references and Easter eggs that contribute mm-hmm. to the world building that it's like, it's, they mention it and it's, they don't they don't focus on it too much they don't linger on it too much it's just if you know you know kind of thing and i appreciate right. that very much and and i also like that they actually took their time telling the story and letting the things simmer right before they just oh, oh there we go all right. there we yeah. go yeah, again. for a little bit all right no problem all right where did i leave off of uh, um, the last I thing i heard you say now. was that uh, the last thing i heard you say was uh simmer right yeah like letting everything simmer because like you know for like the i'll say i would use the marvel cinematic universe movies for, as an example since most of them have the two-hour runtime they kind of have to condense everything into that Whereas with the mm-hmm. Batman being three hours, they let everything, you know, they let everything, you know, breathe. simmer out yeah. and let it breathe and have that breathing time. And I and I appreciated that very much because I I really if to me if the movie if the movie is good and the story is good and it can grab me, I don't care how long or short the, it is as long as the story grabs my attention, then I'm okay with. That's why they like the the extended version of the Lord of the Rings movies. I love those. Those like cause yeah. the, the the theatrical versions were like were already. Th- three hours long the extended ones are four hours long and when i sit there and watch it it doesn't feel like four hours so same with when the the snyder cut came out last year i sat there for the four hours it did, did not feel like four hours for me it's true it did not um, and i wasn't even someone who was that looking forward to that movie but it was also kind of cool to see him as from an artist pers- perspective to see him get to make the movie he was originally assigned to make. It's like, it's that's so rare because so many movies that come out in theaters are not director's cuts, you know, for the most part. Um, even when they say in interviews, like, oh, it's a, that's a director. That's pretty much what I envisioned. Eh, that, so that's not always true either. Uh, they just do it so they don't like upset fans or rally fans or whatever. But it's cool that he got to, yeah. to get his movie out there. And, and I actually enjoyed it. I watched it. I was like, wow, this actually was good. Like I, this, this was good and it did not feel like four hours. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of like when when you get to see when you get to see and feel the director's fingerprints on a story, like like when Multiverse of Madness came out earlier this year. To me, like that felt like a Sam Raimi movie, and that's what made me yeah. enjoy it a lot. Because I know a lot yeah. of people come. Because I saw one person complain. I don't remember who it was, but they complained about some of the humor that wasn't injected to it. And I'm just thinking, 
clearly you've never seen Sam Raimi films if you think that they that they force the humor on him. Because if you watch sure. even if you watch even the Evil Evil Dead two, there was a lot of humor in that movie. Um, yeah. And then his Spider Man movies, there's a lot of humor in there, and it's but it's still authentically Sam Raimi. So that's what and and I love the first Doctor Strange, but. I guess also because I'm a little biased since I love Sam Raimi that I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness just a little bit more. How do, how about you? Yeah, I ended up liking that movie. I, I, I tend to stay away from most people's reviews until I've seen the movie, processed it, and maybe made my own review if I'm interested in doing a review. And then I go and check out what other people say. So I'm always late to the the crap <laughs> that uh, that you know social media and YouTubers say about movies. Um, cause I'll, I tend to watch, like I watch people that I like obviously, but I sometimes make room and time to watch people that I don't like sometimes and to see their point of view on it. Um, and, uh, just, just for, out of curiosity, I mean, I'm writing a book right now and I'd like to just know typically like what, how people feel about things, especially if there's something in it, mm. like there's something in, um, multiverse of madness that I'm like, Oh, I kind of do something a little bit like that in one of my Neverland books. So I'm curious how other people think about it. Um, so but the movie overall, I liked. I was like, yeah, this was fine. It's, it's when I when I leave the movies. I think when I go into these movies, though, like the Marvel movies, I don't know what people are expecting. But I'm not, I'm not expecting to have my mind blown by something amazing. Like I, I'm expecting to see something that's like um, good. Like it's just like, oh, this is good. You know, like this is like it's it's serviceable. It's it's like it's like getting full on McDonald's food or something, you know, you're just like, like where they, they actually made your Big Mac properly, you know, and they got the right amount of sauce on it and the fries are perfect. It's like having that. And that's all I, that's, I think that's my expectation. I think some people go in expecting like a, a five-star dining experience. And I'm like, it's, it's just a comic book movie. And, and I don't say that, I don't mean to say that to sound like belittling. I worship comic books. Um, but like, I'm also a fan of film. So like, uh, there is for me there's a line where it's like there's something that is like you can make film and make it high art and have a statement and say something and it be really impactful and moving and change your perspective on life and then you can have something that's just awesome fun and and uh, that still has maybe moments that you connect and relate to or or love um but that's what i go into expecting when i see marvel movies so when I, i'm rarely disappointed when i leave a comic book movie um rarely do i come out going oh i hated it it has happened but it's very rare um so it was it's always funny to me when i see people like bash these movies and go like oh it's so you know like thor love and thunder or black panther wakanda forever or black adam and i'm just like yeah, but they're all fine <laughs> like i was like I, I don't know i i leave all of them going yeah that was fine that's fine i liked it yeah so yeah that's how i usually feel about movies yeah that's that's how i am too I, that's why i like I haven't said it in really in a while on here, but I try to, you know, I don't like to like whatever reviews that I do. I don't want it to influence anybody because I always think, you know, yeah. you feel the way you feel and you're not right or wrong for it. Sure. Just right. just be just be accepting that somebody else might feel differently about it. Um, right. And I think that's actually a, a good uh, spot to wrap this up on this. This, this, was, a, this was a lot of fun. And I, I uh, went yeah. almost two hours and I think it was um usually don't go this long when uh, have doing these kind of things, even even when it's by myself. So th this was a well, lot of fun. I, re I really, of I really appreciated you, you know, wanting to come on here and have this conversation with me. So, and being as open about a lot of things that you were open with me for today. So I, I appreciate that very much. And hopefully we can do this again very soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, 
I made a conscious effort uh, about a month ago. I made a list actually of, of things that I felt like I owed people, even if they don't see it that way. Um, and uh, I made a list and I said, I want to do as many of these as possible before the end of the year. Um, there was some charities I've been meaning to donate to. I finally got to do that this last week with my recent check. Reaching out to you to do this was on my list. Um, there's another guy who does another show in California that I reached out to, and we're going to do something in January. So there was things that I like, I feel like I made some promises and I'd never delivered on them. And I keep postponing it because of how I feel and about certain things. And although that is important, I should put my own feelings in consideration, but also, you know, these are nice people that I want to do stuff for and be a part of and, and interact with. And uh, so I'm glad you made time for me today. And so last minute, because my schedule shifted, obviously, with Blue's work schedule. So it, it means a lot. And, and I'm glad I could give you two hours because I didn't want to just come in and do like a 30 minute thing. I just felt like I owed you more than that. So uh, thanks for letting me be myself here and talk about something that um, that most people probably can't wrap their head around, but it, it, it is my life and it, it meant a lot that you let me have a platform for that. And so, yeah, where would you, where would you like to let people know where they can find you on, on social media? Cause I know you said you only have Instagram right now, but where would you like them to find you? Oh yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at the venom vlog, uh, pretty easy. And on YouTube, now we got handles on YouTube. So I'm at the venom vlog on YouTube. So I'm trying to do the branding. You can see my name right there, the venom vlog. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm working on my branding. Uh, some people don't even call me seek anymore. They just call me venom vlog. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where you can find me. That's I'm pretty much just YouTube and, uh, and Instagram, Twitch, anything I post on Twitch will end up on my YouTube channel anyway. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone who tuned into this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to it on any of the audio platforms that this goes up on. And I'll catch you on the next one. Yes, that is my conversation with Seek. I hope that you enjoyed hearing his story and uh, enjoyed the conversation as much as we both did. And I hope we can have him again on here soon. And uh, um, we talked a little bit off camera that we were going to try to meet up next year because he lives not too far from me here in Florida. So we're going to try to meet up uh, and do some collaborations uh, for 2023. You know, we'll both keep you updated on that in the future. But yeah, thank you all so much for watching, for listening, and for subscribing. And if you're not subscribed, please do so. Uh, all, the, all the links are in the description. I'll have the links to his YouTube channel and his Instagram as well for anyone that would like to follow him on there as well. And please check out his YouTube channel. It has a lot of wonderful, wonderful content on there, whether it's Venom related, Transformers related, and so on. And uh, yes, and uh, also the uh, AFSP link that I had mentioned as well is in the description down there too, if you want to check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope you all are doing well, staying safe, taking care of yourselves and your loved ones, and especially this time of year, holiday season. Um, you know, tell the people who mean the most to you in your life uh now um because you just never know and bless all of you uh me and the wonderful people that i know you are and that you can be and this has been the minute podcast i am julian and i will see all of you on the next one bye-bye